I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to a very, very hot and sweaty Hollowdale podcast. What are we, uh, so we, I don't know what we're on yet, but we're coming up to 39 degrees in, in Hitchin. Assuming the forecasts are all correct, we are now at the world record of temperatures in the UK. Oh my god. Red alert! Red alert, yeah, a red alert. Thousands will die. It's crazy, isn't it? It's a good thing we've got lots of distractions. We can always read the news and look at Twitter, social media, and decide, see clearly that the river Euphrates has dried up, thereby implying that the apocalypse is on its way. Rapture. So this is Revelation. Actually, this is actually in Revelations. It's in Revelations, yes. Oh dear, Adam. The angels are coming. The trumpets will blow. Well, you know, we've had a good run, I suppose. It was it was inevitable that we would push, we would cross the line eventually, and now we, we have. How frustrating is it, though, as the generations... <laughs> is it good or bad to be in the textbooks our entire lives? How do you mean? What's, what do you mean? The history test- textbooks, hmm. our generation, people our age are going to see have seen, when we were born in the year of the Berlin Wall falling, then... 9-11. Yeah. Um, Covid. The re- multiple recessions, getting closer every time. Covid. Uh, global shutdown. Uh, major, swine flu. Major war in Europe. Um, yeah. We've seen it all. And um, so what's to come? That's what's... We've seen it all. What's left? The soaring prices of gas. What are we doing to our audience? They know all this. They, they've come here to escape. No, because this might be this might be the one remaining time capsule. Oh God! People are gonna you're gonna listen back to this in 20 years. I might be listening back to this in 20 years. We could, from my bunker. We might need to sort of find a location to stock up on tins of beans and uh, do food. these podcast. Yeah, do these podcasts eating pedigree chum. <laughs> whilst most of humanity dies out at least they can listen to us try and remember films that's what a, what a fantastic concept the post-apocalypse people talking into presumably conch shells on strings yeah. trying to remember plots of stories cannibals do you know what that reminds me of a really good scene in uh in reign of fire where they turn Star Wars into a play for the kids to oh, keep them sure. entertained and to keep them calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool. So it becomes Shakespeare, essentially, in this dragon apocalypse of the future. It's really, really cool. But anyway, yes, I suppose let's move on to less horrendous, horrible things. There's been lots of uh, long-awaited stuff come out in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's so... almost like it's concluding. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, move past it. The, yeah, so we've had uh, on streaming, we've had The Boys and we've had Stranger Things. Um, you haven't seen Stranger Things. I haven't seen the last episode of The Boys. So we will, will not be talking about either of those. Yeah. All I'll say is what I've seen, I loved. I thought both series have been exceptional. Um, but I don't know how, how The Boys is going to wrap up. Um, but yeah, and in the cinemas, we've had... Uh, the final part of the Jurassic World trilogy. Yep. First off. Yep, yep, yep. Which I just watched now, and it's by far the best. Now I'm glad you three. said that. I'm glad you agree because I, I'm not. I've said on here as much. I'm not as massive a Jurassic Park World fan as many other people. 
Uh, and I loved the third one. I thought it was fantastic because there weren't so many dinosaurs in it. And I was very aware that there were kids in the in the theatre who were just pissing about, talking, running up and down the stairs. And my optimist assumption was that it was because they weren't in the jungle with dinosaurs all the time. I was like, are they yeah. just bored because it's more of a spy flick? Was it, it? It was slightly more grown up. It was a bit less. It felt a bit less silly. Um, and I don't know if that's. It was helped by more adults being in it. You know, Sam Neill. That's what I liked about the old Jurassic Park films. It wasn't kind of all hipster and stuff. Um, yeah. Although more, they're always kids, though. They're they? All, yeah, they're always kids. Don't get me wrong. But the, what I, the other thing I liked is I liked all the settings. I liked the jungle. I liked the underground. I, I wasn't. Uh, well, I hated the house at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Um, the Scooby Doo Mansion. Yeah. Scooby Doo Mansion. Yeah, that sucked. And. Yeah, I, I liked the forest. So yeah, I liked all of that, and I liked the dinosaurs. There's so many d- different dinosaurs. It was well, cool. It was, it was cool to see dinosaurs in different places. Seeing yeah. velociraptors run around on snow. Yes. You know, and I really liked the fact that they felt like animals for the first time since the first one, probably. Yeah. Or maybe the second one. Like they actually felt like they're just surviving. Yeah. And if you happen to kidnap a baby, then the mother's going to be annoyed. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Pretty make, makes sense, doesn't it? Well, my only sort of qualm, if I'm really trying to be like, oh, that's just stupid, is how far these dinosaurs have spread and how many there are of them internationally. You think like, I think there's somewhere in the law, if you will, that their genes are give them accelerated growth rates, so they get they become. That makes sense. Why faster. would you set up a? theme park when you have to wait 20 years every time one dies yeah exactly that yeah you want to go straight into having adults so i think that's that's happening there so they can i assume the thing is they can breed they're like rabbits they can breed super fast and grow up super fast so to all the people who said this one uh was the worst like please don't hesitate to explain why yeah i just can't because like, i really this was the first one i've really gone oh this is clever yeah, I just think it was just a dinosaur movie I actually enjoyed. Well, and it wasn't just dinosaurs. Not to enter spoilers, but it wasn't just dinosaurs. Yeah. That was the cool thing. If you can do all this genetic stuff, then why aren't you doing other things? Yeah. Still yeah. don't care about the little girl, though. I have no interest in her. No. The locusts were interesting. Oh, I didn't want to reveal the locusts, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll leave that. We'll leave that. Uh, yeah, now, I you hope you guys argue, all enjoyed it. You could argue that you could solve world hunger with all those locusts. So, yeah, good source of protein, aren't they, locusts? Mm. Just imagine them on big spits. Yeah, crunchy, mm. crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. A leg each. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what else uh, What else is out there? Uh, Love, Death and Robots, have you caught up with that? Uh, no, I've still, I've only watched the crab one and the one with the treasure dan- the treasure lady in the forest that the soldiers are hunting. Okay, well, the crab one, let's, talk, let's just mo- take a moment with that. The crab one is fantastic. Oh, so good. So good. It's like proper dark. There, there must be a term for that. Nautical, nautical horror. Horror. Or, yeah. It was. Um, it, for, Could it have was, been in the world of the lighthouse. It was. It had the same sort of visceral darkness that the lighthouse gave you, especially when he's going on about Triton and stuff like the the horrible, slimy things that live dark in the depths, coming mm. up to get you and eat you. But beyond that, like the humans the real monster yeah. element of it like he was doing was he doing the right thing was he doing the wrong thing that's an interesting debate mm. 
I really liked it. That was a really good episode. That, really, that could have been a whole thing. Yeah. And if yeah. that episode was... There's a couple I could say. See. If that was just a short film not connected to Love, Death and Robots, that would be Oscar-worthy. Yeah. A, a, a Night of the Mini-Dead. You brilliant. haven't seen yet. That could be a... That could be a world-winning short film in Horrorland. It's so good. I'll watch that one next. And that's Series 3, is it? Night of the Mini-Dead? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's, yeah, it's just fantastic. Love that from Robots, when it first came out, I liked it, but it all felt a bit samey. There was always bloody cats. And they yeah. always used the C word like it was cool. It had this sort of like wannabe edgy vibe. And now it's now it can literally just be and now it's anything. You yeah. never never know what you're gonna get. You never know what the next episode, what tonally, like what start, what time, what genre. I'd argue maybe it's getting away from the central theme. Mm. It's not supposed to be sci-fi. But yeah, but let it off. I guess let it off the reins. Like, yeah. Keep going if it's bringing up masterpieces like the crab. You know? Well, the treasure lady. That was. Yeah, that's really bizarre. It was creepy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Really creepy. I loved it. I thought it was, yeah, very, uh, it got stop. to me. She I was, watched, freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. So, well, well, again, who's the real monster? Yeah. The way it's done, because it's the, in the first series, the same guy did the, the uh, what was it, the murder loop, the uh, cyberpunky murder loop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode. And that style, when you when I watched all of Death and Robots in almost one day, the style makes you feel so, like, your vertigo from it whooshing mm. and whooshing you're like oh it's moving why is it moving like that yeah but then you get sucked in it's almost an sense of like I don't know if it's uncanny valley per se but you look into those really detailed faces like which is still computer generated and you're like there's something creepy about mm-hmm. how big your eyes are and how much emotion there are in their eyes yeah oh when they uh, they kiss and it's she's clearly got like jewel tongue yeah and he starts bleeding ah, it's really you can really feel that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, god this is becoming a bit of a catch-up maybe this should just be a catch-up episode a catch-up okay yeah well we, um i don't think i've watched i mean the only other thing i've watched is the, the main event we're going to talk about yeah um there's nothing else I, don't, I think i've watched i feel like i've really dropped the ball recently with because uh, i'm doing quite a lot of work and it's hot and it's muggy and Going to the cinema has been more of a chore at the moment. Also, every time I have been to the cinema, there's a bit, like, genuinely, I mentioned in Jurassic World as well, kids screwing around Ugh. every time now. Yeah. The last one, uh, the last one we went to see is the one we could talk about in a minute. Um, but there are just two girls and their phones squealing and running around and changing seats. It's so weird. Mm. Go to Hollywood Bowl and hang around in the arcade. You weirdo. So they've just seen it as this place you have to pay a lot of money to go and sit down in for two hours yeah. and then not watch the film and ruin it for everyone else. Well, yeah. And I told you, a while ago, there was a group of lads who got told off left and set the fire alarm off, which turned all the screens. What are you doing? Ugh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like people have forgotten how to act in public, especially kids. Yeah. Because of the old... Let loose. Because of the old last couple of years. We just... Yeah. You sound so old, but you're so right. No, but we weren't. No, I, I don't remember ever being like that, ever. I've never been, yeah, no, me neither, me neither. Like, even at 16, 17, when you go, whatever. Even when you go drunk, we were, you but, don't screw around. We were good boys, 
That's what it is, and we were good boys, and we were, we were well behaved. No, it's not. We, we were fun, we were normal boys, and they're all just weird now. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, time is ticking on. Let's get on to the main thing. Yeah. Which is a film we love. For Love and Thunder. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? Well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. Yeah, it's a sequel to a film everyone should love, but don't. Yeah. Just, yeah. For Love and Thunder... Taika Waititi directed once again. He only, apparently, I think Chris Hemsworth said he only would have done it if Taika Waititi was directing it. Right. So that's interesting. Yes. It's it's arguably the most Taika Waititi film yet. It's, it's very... certainly, it feels like they've let him go. They've let him loose. Yeah, he has full free range. Yeah. It's been an absolute disaster, but that's just the way it is on my films. It's like a big kid, sort of genius child. This this imagination is second to none. Tyke is a very bloody original filmmaker. He's mind-blowingly talented. Yeah, so this is the... What is it? What film is this? What, uh, ba, 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 ba. So we're getting on to Phase 5 now. This is the fourth 4 movie. I think it's Phase 4. This is... this Is, is, it, is it Phase 4? Yeah. Phase 4, sorry. So phase four, so which number is this? One, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth film in the phase four, which hasn't gone down that well in general. Mm. Um, phase four has included Black... So basically, it's post-pandemic. Uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, which we also have, we have seen and haven't talked about. Um, and now for Love and Thunder. I've seen half of them and uh, they're rubbish yeah Black Widow the best parts were when it wasn't Black Widow when it was David Harbour and Florence Pugh talking in a room that was the only bits I was interested in Shang-Chi I had no connection with I couldn't finish Shang-Chi and I couldn't finish The Eternals I didn't even even start The Eternals I I just didn't care Um, with Doctor Strange first half Crap, second half, awesome. Yes, but I think, as you mentioned, we talked about this last night, I mean, you said, it's only because Sam Raimi. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the first half of Doctor Strange, Monster vs. Madness, I even fell asleep. I was so bored. I had no, I I haven't seen any of the series. 
That's the first time I've ever seen you asleep in a cinema. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. I think the only, last time I remember that was the finale of the last Pirates of the Caribbean film. Right. Where it was all CGI. It was just, and I just went, green screen. I don't, I don't have no connection with this. That might as well have been a big green screen and people running around with sticks with tennis balls on. <laughs> yeah. Just screaming and wailing. But you think the sound would have kept me awake? It's like people, it's like people, talk, people talk about the Transformer films. It just... It's like a junkyard being shaken in an earthquake. <laughs> but yeah, so Doctor Strange, first half, meh, second half, genuinely cool. But again, you yeah. know, what's the... There's no structure to it. It all feels really freeform. Yeah. And for Love and Thunder is exactly the same. It's In terms of that, there's no like... There's no arc. It's just mm. another adventure. It's another adventure. Um, I don't think... I mean, yeah, we're going to go into spoilers and talk about whatever in this film, uh, in this podcast. Um, so, yeah, if you if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything ruined, be warned. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like as much as things change throughout the film and people die and new people are c- come into his life, um, I don't think he's in much of a different place to where he began. Um, and there's not really any indication of why we should care on a on a wider spectrum on a phase four spectrum it's like especially if you think about christian bale for example i thought his performance was incredible i thought he was a really good villain yeah Um, as someone who i don't like christian bale in general Mm. as a person and i'm not that fussed about his performances he is incredible in this yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant proper sinister there's moments when he's um in the shadows talking to children and you feel like he is nightmare fuel yeah totally. just those glinting eyes the pale it essentially looks like death from uh bill and ted yeah more scary he yeah it just i kind of went away thinking like i i want more of him and i don't i'll tell you what <sighs> what this story did do for four in particular and it's i feel like we should have seen more of this already it feels like he's had adventures with the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. But I feel like it's always off screen. Hmm. Unless I've missed something. I might have missed the cartoon or something. Um, he's always off screen. So when we find him, he's sort of with them. King Yukon, tell them what happened here today. Tell them the time that Thor, the ragtag motley crew, misfit desperados, tell them the time the battle that's their names in history. The odds may be against us, but I'll tell you this for free. Here it comes. This and here and now! Oh! And then he sort of reclaims being God, a God status at the end of the film. Yeah. That's the only real change. Hmm. He sort of found himself again. Yeah. Stopped moping, I guess, or stopped being. Yeah, he's going through his like midlife crisis, meditation stage. And now he's confident of who he is again. Yeah, and part of that is uh, Jane Foster. So that's the ex-girlfriend, is it? The old ex-girlfriend. Judy Foster. Jane Foster. The one that got away. The one that got away. That means escaped. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Foster. Yes. So Natalie Portman. Uh, 
from the first Mar- uh, four film, maybe the second one, I can't remember. First, yeah, she... Was just the first. first was it just the first, or was she in the second she one? She was in four, and she was in The Dark World as right. well, so yeah. So, yeah, she was in the first two. And then we haven't seen about it. She's been mentioned a couple of times. Uh, but she comes back in this having, re- as we see in the trailer, having taken the powers of, of four, becomes mm. the Mighty Four. Is that which right? Is, yeah, which is a comic adapted from a comic called The Mighty Four. Yeah. Um, now, and so part, a lot, big part of it is him reconnecting with his ex-girlfriend and ex-Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and that might be one of my favourite things I've seen in Marvel. Completely. The act slowly coming into view. The way that... So, Thor has a relationship with uh, Mjolnir, the hammer, which he can summon. Uh, We see that throughout the films. Mjolnir obviously gets destroyed in Ragnarok, the best Marvel film ever made. And he has to go and build a new weapon from the heart of a star. Of course, uh, by Mjolnir being back and connected and with his girlfriend, what we see, we see more of the ex-girlfriend jealousy kind of stuff with the weapons than we do with the people. Yeah. And I think it's one of the funniest things we've seen in Marvel. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. There's one moment especially, as I say, when he's... Well, there's two bits. There's one where he's seeing if he can still summon Mjolnir. Oh, in the the room with all the people. Yeah, and then... (laughs) What's it? Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker, yeah. Just slowly creeps in. What you up to, bro? Hey, there you are. Hey, I was just calling you. (laughs) And also later on, when he's he actually talks to Mjolnir, yeah, and then Stormbreaker he just comes in from the left of frame. There's nothing. Don't worry. There's nothing going on between us anymore. So good. Oh, it's funny. The screaming goats were brilliant as well. I really screaming enjoyed the screaming goats. That was, a, that was a flashback to a couple of years ago when they were all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so the kind of thing that I was so Jane Foster in it, she has stage four cancer. Yes. And. I don't know exactly how faithful they were to the Mighty Four comics, but it's always interesting when, especially in a Marvel film, they bring in something like cancer because then you have to wonder how they're going to end it and use it in a way that's appropriate and uh, like a wise lesson to people with cancer and for, for people with cancer to enjoy it. Because I was thinking, yeah, it comes in a point where Natalie Portman is faced with, because Molnir, while, while it's making her feel stronger, it's also making her less capable of fighting the cancer. And it gets to the point where does she give up being the mighty four and let four do it all on his own, or r- crawl closer to death by keeping on using um, the hammer? Hmm. Yeah, and I just couldn't help thinking in a cinema. My mind drifted for a while. I was like, what would you want to tell someone to do if they had cancer? Would you want to tell someone to throw caution to the wind, give up their chemo and go out on that last trip? Or would you want to tell them to keep on trying and keep being sick and keep doing the chemo? Is it more of a kind of thing about... uh, Best to live in the moment. I mean, that's literally what I said, isn't it? it, Take away the cancer element and is it like an allegory for drugs in general? You found this thing that makes you feel brilliant but it's slowly killing you. You know, is is it that more about that kind of um, Passover of responsibility, mm. like you know, 
I found this thing and it makes me feel brilliant. Said, yeah, but it's heroin and you, you know, you've lost everything you love. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. what I find interesting with that, and they didn't really say it, and I don't know if it's deeper in the comic world, but so Jane's got cancer, stage four cancer at that, having slept with four and been with four for a long time. And in Guns of the Galaxy, Star-Lord's mum dies of cancer, having been impregnated by Kurt Russell. He's a god, god planet. Yeah. So, is there, a, like, a thing that I'm missing that they talked... They may have even mentioned it, but, like, that gods and humans can't actually interact. They have so much power that it, it fries your... Yeah, yeah, it overloads your body or whatever. Yeah. And is that, that's kind of an interesting subtext that there's been no... It's quite tragic, isn't it? I mean, that would be the most devastating thing in the world uh, for four. Well, it, may, it does sort of imply lots, lots of different things as well. Like, you know, gods are the next step in evolution. And that's what's... Because obviously cancer's like a mutation of yourselves. Is it trying to keep up? Yeah. Is there like a whole thing? I don't even know if this is even a thing or not. Have I just is read it? too much into it? Yeah. But no. Really interesting. The uh, The comic stuff is quite... Because a lot of people kicked off on social media um, around some of the early images and teaser trailer that was released for this film. And people are complaining that the film had stolen art from the comic books. In particular, there's a shot of... uh, I don't think I'll be able to find the name. But there's a shot of uh, giant wolf monster god. Yes. And it's Thor and Korg on top of a rock looking at this giant body that's been killed uh, by the gore, the god butcher. Uh, and people really, really kicked off about it. Hmm. And the, the the more sensible argument that you could just about get from it, people were worried that artists, comic artists weren't being credited for their work. Right. Because it's been, you know, now everyone will know it from the film. Hmm. But the counter-argument was, yeah, but it's Marvel. Yeah, they should be doing that whenever they can. They should be doing it all the... And it reminded me of the argument of uh, the Watchmen films. And there are issues with the Watchmen film. I loved it, and still do. But people complained that it was too similar to the comic. What? But if it did something different... And it did do something different, but... People do seem to agree that the film did it better. But anyway... um, this one bit but if it was different everyone would have kicked off that it was too different yeah what do you want I think people are finding more sillier and sillier reasons to moan and bitch about stuff they just pick up some argument and make one up there's no you can't it can't be anything but good to have a frame referencing a comic book frame it's just it's just good yeah I don't understand any of the especially like I'm I haven't bought a comic for decades right like a Marvel comic but yeah, if I freaking recognise the frame from a four comic card reading, I'd be so excited. I'd be like, oh my god, they used that. It would make, it would make me happy as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. It's, it's just weird. And that sort of sets the tone for lots of stuff with Love and Thunder. Lots of... It's not... Well, number one, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a rating of... 68% compared to Ragnarok's uh, 93%. Now... I'm not going to deny Ragnarok's not a better film. It is, I think. It totally is. But that's a big 
difference. Yeah. And it feels like people are hating on Love and Thunder for a couple of reasons. One, it's too silly. Yeah. Two, it sacrificed some of the plot for jokes. Yeah. And three, people don't want it. Putting myself in their shoes, the only thing I can think why that's the case is that we're on the sit film of the phase and it's not going anywhere. And this is just another yeah. entry of what? Why? There's, and the fact it's a comedy automatically makes people hate it. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, you've had this big main event, and now these films are coming up. The case in point is um, uh, during the right in the depths of leading up to Infinity War and Endgame, end credit scenes meant there was I mean there was a few times when oh wow oh him oh cool. Mm. Um, or if I, and if I didn't know, I'd have a nerd friend to kind of say, oh no, you have to be excited. This guy's called this and he's blah, whatever. At the end of four, um, so yeah, big spoiler alert, Hercules, Zeus is, uh, having a little bitch about, um, how man is getting too, um, they don't need their gods anymore. They've seen these heroes have come and gods are now nothing to them they're secondary to them and gods are going to take that power back and they're going to make humans worship them again yeah and he's kind of like isn't that right my son Hercules and then he says look Hercules don't you agree and Hercules is standing there looking dumb doing a pose um so the next film if there is one is either going to be four versus Hercules but I assume they'll become friends and fight another bad guy don't care don't care um, or there's going to be a big, I think there's a Marvel team called the champions involving uh, Hercules and some other ones. Don't care. Like, don't, don't care. Ca- can they make me care by making it good? I don't know. But like, as far as this phase goes, like, I think I'm done. I, unless they really, whatever they need to do with the fa- Fantastic Four and the X-Men is the only way to redeem it. But Fantastic Four has sucked every single time they've tried to do that. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know where it goes from here well next up we've got uh black panther sequel uh and man and the wasp guns of galaxy 3 uh the marvels Ugh. and then fantastic four i probably i care the most i'd say uh guardians of the galaxy 3 yeah that's the only one i'm interested in got ant man i like the idea of really can't get on board with it mm-hmm I remember the last one, me and Josh watched it and we're like, what is happening? That was the oldest we've ever felt. We're like, what? I don't know what's going on anymore. I just, me, I've got a massive man crush on Paul Rudd and I do just happily watch him and that's in my saving grace with that man as I just get to watch him talk and do Yeah, things. I mean, Paul Rudd's great and, you know, Kate from Lost is great, but... Uh, yeah. 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 Guns of the Galaxy Volume 3, yeah, looking forward to that. Equally looking forward to Guns of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yes. Is that last this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, I just trust James Gunn with my life. I I can't wait to watch Peacemaker. Yes. I can't wait to what it finds it finds a way to me. I can't wait to watch it. It's fantastic. But yeah, so it's it's in a weird position. I love uh Taika Waititi's sense of humor. He's caused a bit of a thing as well. And some behind the scenes real life stuff. Oh really? Uh, he posted some promotional videos and he's a bit 
dismissive of CGI artists and stuff, and oh, really? the other communities push back on him. Okay. Does that look real? In that particular shot, no, actually. <laughs> it, it doesn't really, right? When you look close. You need to be more blue. Well, well you know, no. but does he look real? No, none of does us. Does she look she, she Something looks. looks very off about this. Oh, no. But I think he's just got a sense of humour that not everyone gets. Or, actually, more to the point, he's poking fun of people who are already angry and misrepresented and underrepresented. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. They got in trouble as well for uh, queer baiting, I think it's called, uh, where they said before the film came out, don't worry, LGBTQ plus community, we've got loads of stuff for you. Come watch this film. Uh, so I've read. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't read exactly no, what I they missed, said. I missed all of that, yeah. I didn't read exactly what they said, but then... Uh, so I think a lot of people showed up and apparently were disappointed that there wasn't enough. Like, obviously they had Korg... The whole thing, Korg species was males mating with males by the lava pool. Well, are they even... They're just rocks. They're just rocks. I don't know if you classify them as male. And um, Valkyrie, um, she's a lesbian. Um, yep. Which is, which is good, obviously. But yeah, um, I don't really know what, much about what was said. Like I, I say, mean, that's... I don't, yeah, I, I, I must have missed the promotion how... of that. But that's nowhere near as bad as Star Wars' is queer baiting. Oh, the... the... Uh, one second of easily editable yeah, uh, so, oh the first yeah. lesbian kiss over there don't yeah. look it's over there yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know man yeah at least they at least they actually had uh, you know some real stuff in it as opposed to Star Wars but yeah I don't know I really wanted this film to be different to Thor Ragnarok in did I? did you? yeah you, you did Thor Ragnarok was a, was a good film, and I felt it was going to be very hard to top that. So where, where do you take a character like that? Yeah. Then uh, we realised what you least expect from uh, Thor, or what you least expect that you're going to want to see, is Thor going through a midlife crisis. Well, yeah, I, it's yeah, it's not a perfect movie. It's not Ragnarok, but um, yeah, I, I I had fun, man. I, I liked it. Well, what else is a film yeah. supposed to do, people, critics? It, you know what I reckon part of it is comedy. Comedy is really hard. Yeah, comedy is hard to make and it's hard to please people. Mm. You're always trying to, and the, this there's no denying this film is definitely leans more comedy. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise and flip. Oh, you flip too hard, damn it! Ragnarok was action comedy. Yeah, but it had kind of a sharpness to it, like it was. Uh, like machine gun bullet jokes every bang, bang 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 so much so I forgot the last time I watched it I was like oh, how many tags have they got in this one scene you know this is more a silly situation mm. that escalates yeah rather than gag 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 but yeah it, it's interesting it's I think it's well worth the watch you will have fun uh, and that's the point isn't it yeah I will also say that it's the best use of Guns N' Roses in a soundtrack I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four songs. They had, uh, yeah, they had obviously Paradise City, uh, November Rain, Welcome to the Jungle, and Sweet Child of Mine. Yes. So they're four biggest songs. Yes, the greatest hits. The use of November Rain is one of my favourite moments I've seen in film. It was, well, yeah. That I was, was uh... so excited in that sequence. I was so 
flipping cool. It was a nostril flare moment. It was like I proper got charged up when I was watching it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, with the use of the kids. Like when the the when the kid picked up the bunny rabbit, I was like, you've picked up that bunny, and it doesn't matter. The, the bunny's gonna do something cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it did. <laughs> I would argue that I love Ragnarok way more than uh, Love and Thunder in general, but that sequence is comparable and could fight against um, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin moment yeah. in Ragnarok, which is brilliant. Yeah, but side by side, you could argue either one. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. You could say one was better than the other, depending really, on your mood. Really enjoying, really enjoyable, gratifying action scene which which no other like other marvel films they don't you know i don't think any other director has combined songs like taika waititi has done and it's clearly uh, coming through i was trying to say james gunn and guns of galaxy but those are very separate they're not integrated are they yeah it's a fantastic soundtrack but they are very clearly songs yeah played over stuff hands were once used for battle now they're but humble tools for peace i need to figure out exactly who i am love and thunder it's flawed but it's really fun yeah it's fun uh, watch it for the soundtrack. Watch it for Christian Bale's performance. Yeah. Watch it for Chris Hemsworth's bum. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah, he gets in the nude. Uh, and watch it for Kebab Owner Zeus. Yes. Yeah. Played by very, Russell Crowe. Very good. Kebab. Very good. <laughs> I. I thought he was going to have a British accent. I was not expecting that. Amazing. <laughs> no, go away. I don't want to do this tonight. Go away, please. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you once, I'm not going to tell you this again. I don't want to do this tonight. I'm going to ask you very polite. Now, please, bugger off. <laughs> very upset. Uh, Apologise for the, the delay in coming back to you again, but we'll be a bit more regular from next time. Uh, we also need to work out a way of choosing a film. Yeah, which we won't do now because my brain is fried. Because we drank a lot of alcohol last night, Adam. And I need to not think. Um, spin this pen. <laughs> throw this pen at and whatever. We'll wor- work it out next time. Yeah, you put that cool. pen down. Right. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, if you like what you hear, do check us out on social media at Hollowdale Media, uh, on the Instagrams, the Twitters, and the TikToks. Oh, TikToks. Tiki-toki. Like the youth. Uh, and yeah, and do consider checking us out at Patreon at www.patreon.com. Com slash on media. Yeah, do do that. All of those things. We'll see you soon. Yes, thank you very much. Goodbye. Can I have a polo? <laughs> <laughs>